0: Welcome to the Butts and Seeds Podcast, episode number 34.
1: 34. You know okay. funnier than
0: 34? 35. Wow, wait to just say this episode's not going to be as good as the next one.
1: Did you watch the episode of Nitro we're going to talk about?
0: Have you watched the next one?
1: No, but I have optimism.
0: I'm Nick alongside Emily. How as you doing, always. Emily?
1: I'm a little sleepy today. I woke up very, very early for a new job, but yep. I'm okay.
0: This is probably going to end up coming out right around Thanksgiving weekend, so right around Emily's birthday.
1: It's my birthday!
0: Which is why Emily got the Wolfpack shirt last time. I, I have no plans to give her a different shirt this time, so if you're hoping for a black and white shirt or an LWO shirt, i Why sorry. would
1: I be hoping for an NWO black and white shirt?
0: I was just saying you, the royal you. <laughs> the royal you. So in honor of your birthday and Thanksgiving, we're going to... We're going to review the Memorial Day episode of <laughs> the 1999 Monday Nitro,
1: which they really skirted around saying this was the Memorial Day episode. It's like the end.
0: Yeah, so it's May 31st. Uh, we're actually going to start with something we usually close with because I can never remember to actually close with it. We have not talked about the ratings for these shows in a I mean, little you're while. Right, we haven't. So I don't remember if we talked about the May 17th Raw Nitro or not because the week before that was. Raw doing an 8.1 unopposed
1: yeah but you did say the unopposed always does higher ratings
0: yes but this was like the highest they had ever done this is really a record so for the 17th Raw did a 6.4 Nitro did a 3.8 last week Raw's Owen did a 7.2 to Nitro's 3.1 what do you think about this week up or down
1: I'm guessing up for Raw down for Nitro
0: it's actually flipped. Really? Yeah, it's a 6.3 for Raw, which so down almost a whole point, but only a 3.3 for Nitro, so be up like a quarter of a point.
1: Yeah. I wonder if people were just like, last week on Raw was a little bit too depressing because of the O and stuff. Let's either not watch wrestling this week or watch Nitro and just feel stupid.
0: Yeah, that could be it. Or just kind of peeking in for just seeing what they kind of say or do. As mentioned before, outside of two weeks where Raw is preempted and goes on at like 11 o'clock, Nitro does not break four again.
1: Doesn't break four? Yeah. Yikes.
0: They'll break it like those two weeks, but outside of that.
1: But that's because they're unopposed partially.
0: Minus the last 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. So partially, not entirely.
0: (laughs) They're not supposed to be on after 11, but they just treat that shit like, oh yeah, we're entitled to this. Yeah. Even though you run out of time fucking every week.
1: Oh, we run out of time, Here comes Goldberg, and bye.
0: (laughs) Goldberg's still not here this week.
1: No, so he's still doing contract disputes?
0: So it's that, and he's having knee surgery. Ah. Because we talked about it a bit at the pay-per-view with Brett hitting his knee with that chair. And I think it might have been screwed up beforehand, but yeah, that weird chair, I think actually might have fucked up Goldberg's knee.
1: The chair that just, like, would not collapse, like the real-looking chair?
0: No, 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 it collapsed, but it it had more body to it yeah. than anything else.
1: It looked like a real chair. It doesn't look like the chair, or it didn't bend the way that the chair in the corner of our room does.
0: It wasn't lightweight. No. So let's get into this actual episode. So it's the May 31st, 1999, Monday Nitro. We only have one more of these before the pay-per-view
1: we really already that close
0: yeah oh i mean it's only you know it's literally the last day of may but the great american bash is not in july so fair it's on june 13th all right and well
1: and they're gonna be in our turf which i
0: think technically isn't even summer
1: no it's uh seven days seven or eight days before summer i don't remember when the solstice is yeah so it is the Aurora
0: Borealis.
1: <laughs> At this time of year Located entirely in your backyard.
0: Located entirely at WCW.
1: Can I see it? No.
0: <laughs> so we are live from the Houston Astrodome, which perked me up, literally just because this is where WrestleMania 17 is.
1: <laughs> oh, is that why? I thought you were impressed because it was like a big venue. Well,
0: that too, but it's like, oh shit, like, yeah. we're, we got less than two years. <laughs> but yeah, Nitro just occasionally gets bold and is like, let's go from this massive stadium 'Cause again, this is where they really held like a WrestleMania.
1: And did they say that this was sold out? I feel like they said this was a sold out nitro.
0: Yeah, but you can just say that. I don't know if it actually was. Mm. I did feel a little disrespect. Not not to me personally, but they did refer to this by its like actual nickname, which is the eighth one under the world. And I'm like, how dare you? That's the big show's father.
1: I thought that was China.
0: No, she's the ninth one of the world. Andre's the eighth.
1: Oh yeah, and he's Big Big Show's father. There's Sorry. so much. Kayfabe. He is
0: he is the Giant's father.
1: There's he's so not much he's kayfabe. not Big
0: Show's dad. So we don't start in the arena though. We start just unprompted and unnarrated. It's Raven arriving in the parking lot, and then he just gets blindsided by Bam Bam Bigelow and DDP,
1: the Jersey Boys,
0: and they just throw him in a dumpster.
1: This is like the actual parking lot for the Astrodome because there were fans behind them. Yeah. Can you imagine just like parking your car and then seeing this shit happen? But yeah, they just threw Raven in a trash can or in a dumpster, and DDP like slams the dumpster on his head. No, he slams the dumpster lid, not the actual. Yeah, lid. I was just saying, like <laughs> he, he would like... be
0: murdered. <laughs> yeah, and that's Raven written out for the night. Like, yep, he he went to the hospital.
1: Yeah, he's hospitalized. At the end.
0: We do not see him.
1: No, yeah, so he you could believe that he actually is hospitalized.
0: We then get a recap of last week's Nitro and Thunder, and watching the Nitro part of the recap, I realized we did not really we really glanced over the fact that Lex Luger came out in a fucking Sting monster truck. We really what the did. fuck was that?
1: Why did we glance over that? Because that was I don't know. That was a lot. I think that might have just been, like, mental overload at that point in the in that episode. Just, like, there's too much stupid happening. Oh, and now there's a monster truck. I can't. No, you know
0: what it was? You derailed me because you were like, I think it's Kevin Nash in, in the Sting mask. And I'm like, oh, there's this whole other thing about Kevin Nash being Sting. I didn't even get a chance to reference the fucking Sting wearing the Sting match to attack Rob Van Dam.
1: That's too much. We can't do that yet. No.
0: no. Well, yeah. There was, like, a whole Sting fucking monster truck. And we just let that shit go. It was...
1: Like I know it was a monster truck, but it was so big. Like even for a monster truck, that was like m- monstrous.
0: Yeah, it was like the the goal of the segment was the truck is going to block Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner and it yeah. it, it did. Oh, it it did. wasn't like, oh, you know, like we can like sneak around. Like no, 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 no. They were fucked.
1: Yeah, no, no. You don't get to sneak around them. You are done.
0: You know what? I don't think it was silly enough. I think that was the issue, was the truck didn't look silly. It wasn't the Hulk Hogan with the big fucking arm no. monster truck sumo match. It, oh,
1: God. No, it, it definitely was. It definitely took itself more seriously.
0: Which we will eventually re- review that pay-per-view.
1: The one with the sumo arm things? Yes. Jesus.
0: The monster truck sumo match. Oh, God. And the yette.
1: Is the Yeti in that?
0: That's the same pay-per-view.
1: Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was in, like, the 80s. <laughs> no, no, it's 95. Okay, still before our time, then.
0: Yeah. i was saying, we're like, that's a bonus we're episode go I, I have okay. planned. Okay. But back to the promo, it also highlights the end of The Horseman, which we we also didn't really address. I guess because we weren't sure at the time, but, like...
1: I thought we did. We did mention the end of The Horseman.
0: I'm saying we didn't really... Like, the severity of it, of, like... The Four Horsemen is a stable that's lasted, like, through years and years, and, like, this is the end of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad, but also I'm not surprised. It's fucking Ric Flair, you know?
0: I'm a little surprised they didn't try to do it in WWE. The closest you get now is the honorary Four Horsewomen, which... Is it,
1: it's not the same. It, well, yeah, it's of, it's like,
0: not even like a real stable. It's like a backstage kind of thing. And
1: how many years did we have of Rick, Dean Malenko, and Chris Benoit in WWF together?
0: Um oh, I think
1: know like, Rick comes in late. No,
0: yeah, I think Dean is pretty much retired by them.
1: That's what I'm thinking. There was never an opportunity. Yeah, but
0: there was, you know, there were four horsemen a lot of versions of that long before Dean and Benoit.
1: Yeah, but I'm thinking it's like the most recent version and it'd be like the most Marketable, I guess.
0: I, I, I'll put it this way: when they went into, I mean, I know you can't put one of them in the well, Hall of yeah, Fame, I know. but when you went to the Hall of Fame, no one batted an eye that it was the classic, you know, '80s Horsemen. Who were the '80s Horsemen? That's a yeah. Um,
1: that's the thing. Like, I don't know the '80s Horsemen. It's Rick Arn.
0: So I think the version that went into the WWE Hall of Fame was. Flair, Barry Windham, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, and J.J. Dillon as their manager? Uh, well,
1: I just... I just... I don't think of them. Like, I'm not... I don't do, like... I don't know 80s yeah, wrestling, this is, so... Yeah, but this is
0: more old, old school kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just think, like, if for timeliness, if they had done the Horseman and gotten Dean and Chris with Ric Flair, I think that was, still would have been a big moment. I bet there WWE was a wrestling.
0: discussion around... I think I have of it says in 2003 where they do evolution of if that was gonna be the four horsemen, you know, yeah, having, there had having been Flair, discussion. Triple H, Randy, and Batista.
1: That's such a random assortment of men, though.
0: That's literally evolution.
1: I know, but that, how would that be horsemen? Like that doesn't have enough connecting. I'm wondering. Yeah, that,
0: I, I'm guessing that's why they decided to because by it. that
1: same logic, why isn't that DX? There's one guy in there that was in DX. There was one guy that was in the horsemen.
0: I kind of get your point, but DX is more, I I, I hesitate to use this word because it feels cringy, but like, there's more of an attitude to that oh, versus, <laughs> no, 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 like, like I, I, I don't mean that in, ooh, attitude era, I mean like, literally like, you need to be a bit childish to be a member of DX, versus mm-hmm. being a horseman is just like, I'm a good wrestler.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair.
0: But yeah, that's just like, that's that's the end of the horseman, and it doesn't, Feel like it's this massive group coming to the end, and maybe it's because they don't know that that's it. Maybe they have plans to bring it back. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But
1: they don't. I mean, I mean, they might not have had a chance to even like plan for them to come back, or maybe if they had the plan, you know, the radicals as they become just left before they could even make the story happen.
0: Well, they don't leave until January, and I'm not even saying like, oh, Benoit and Malenko come back. I'm saying the idea of the four horsemen, because most of these guys weren't horsemen, you know, before eight months ago. I mean, they really talk about that in this episode, but yeah, I I wonder if there was a, this isn't meant to be the full end and they just never got around to bringing them back.
1: Yeah. I wonder if it was like in the cards, but Flair was just being so on his high, for lack of a better term, on his high horse and enjoying being on his own and just being his, stupid doopy self.
0: It might even be a Vince Russo thing. I don't know. I don't know. Closest you get to them becoming a thing again is in TNA. You had Ric Flair leading the fortune group and they would literally do the four fingers up like the four horsemen, but they don't own the copyright. So I was going to say, is it. that term
1: copywritten? <laughs>
0: I'm guessing WCW owned the copyright. And so WWE currently owns it.
1: Is it copywritten or copyrighted? I think it's copyrighted. I don't want to talk about this episode, so I'm going to keep going on these tangents. <laughs>
0: Too bad, we're going back to the episode. Actually, we're going to go to to Thunder, because we're still in the opening. So we're
1: not even talking about this episode.
0: Yeah, Tank Abbott was there, which means nothing to you. Virtually means nothing to me, other than the fact that I actually remember bits of the death of WCW.
1: I remember some of it.
0: But yeah, Tank Abbott is a UFC fighter. Depending on how you measure these things, he potentially had the worst record of anyone ever at this point Oh, really? he was eight and ten but it's basically a thing of if you lose enough matches you just don't fight anymore so at least in terms of like in the UFC like CM Punk lost two fights and Dana White was like I I don't really see a reason to have him fight again like he kind of proved he isn't this territory of fighter
1: then how does Tank Abbott I mean just like in comparison how does Tank Abbott have the worst record
0: my guess is it's the most quantity of losses. Oh. Would be my guess. Again, this is like... I thought it was like, like ratios. Yeah, this is like the talk at the time. It's yeah. kind of relative. That said, 8 and 10, also not great. But his thing was he would have like spectacular knockouts. And so that's what it was like. A Listen, he's probably going to lose, but all it takes is one good shot and yeah. he fucking win kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, Tank Abbott was there and he got into an altercation with Rick Steiner. And he's like, "Oh, fucking wrestling, fucking fake!" And somewhere, Donnie the Clown is like, "How dare you use that word?" <laughs> My father's My father's not. father's
1: not fake.
0: Additionally, on Thunder, Randy Savage is looking for Buff Bagwell, and then just attacks him and Disco Inferno. I was convinced this was the send for the man segment. It just turns out Randy Savage wears that top more than once.
1: <laughs> oh, was that what you're looking at? Was like the shirt that he was wearing?
0: <laughs> this is the shirt that. I recognize that shirt from this clip, and I'm like, yeah. when does this happen? Okay, we have a little while. And it happens on Nitro, so we will get to it we'll in our main there. timeline. This is where we get Tang Abbott saying, oh, the guys are hardcore, which I thought was like, oh, you're going to enter that division? Okay.
1: I mean, this episode, and like, I don't know if you uh, if you caught this too, this episode felt very hardcore-centric. It felt like there were a lot of hardcore matches. And this was all kind of like preluded with Tank Abbott in the recap being like, "All oh, these guys are not hardcore. And then it was just a bunch of hardcore matches.
0: So there's not much else to note from Thunder. We then get the Nitro Girls and we're actually starting to notice, like, okay, they have definitely done this one before.
1: They're becoming a lot more lackluster recently. I think that they're just not as clean and as tight with their routines anymore.
0: And we constantly cannot tell if one of them is Kimberly or not.
1: I don't think she is. In hindsight, I don't think The hair think looks a to little
0: play. too big. It's too big, yeah. But yeah, I don't know who's there and who's not. They don't really highlight them a great no, ton. No, they don't. They used to. I'm like, is Whisper still there or she married Shawn Michaels at this point?
1: I can't even tell you which yeah. one Whisper was.
0: She's the one, who, she's the one who married Shawn Michaels. That's not helpful. <laughs> That's how I know her. So yeah, Nitro Girls, they they have an off night tonight. Commentary plugs a Rick Steiner and Sting cage match. How could you
1: possibly hear that? The pyre was so freaking loud. I couldn't hear anything Tony Schiavone was saying.
0: I think it might have been the graphic. Maybe. And they also know that Eddie Guerrero is here. Interestingly enough, they're like, yep, he was in a car accident. They just totally dropped the NWO attacking him.
1: Oh, yeah. That was why he was written off. But, yeah, they, like, are talking about, like, Eddie coming out and sharing his story about his car accident and his first time back on screen. And we're excited to have him. But they're, like, building it up like he's going to come in later in the episode.
0: Yeah, because the only thing they do in between is they talk about Tank Abbott and Randy Savage. And then... Eddie's music hits, and we cut to him when he's, like, halfway down the ramp.
1: Yeah, and he's not going to the ring. He's going to commentary. He's going to sit with commentary for a little while.
0: Yeah, I figured this was going to be a big, like, I'm back promo, and That's it was just, I like, a really too. subdued, hey, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to... It
1: was weird. It's, like,
0: bordering on NPR levels, just, like... Huh.
1: <laughs> it was weird how, like, quiet he was and how, like, you know, unenthusiastic he was to be back, I guess, but it was also strange to me that they showed pictures of the car crash. That struck me as strange.
0: I forget what it was, but I think actually it actually was after Eddie left. Bobby, he made a line of like, yeah, there were like 24 people in that car. And like, it got no. real quiet. And Wait, Tony's like, said... we apologize for that.
1: I did hear that bit. I thought he was saying there were like 24 people involved in the crash.
0: No, 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 no. He was doing a all m- bunch of Mexicans squeezed into one car joke. Oh, yeah. I didn't really
1: catch the racism angle. Yeah.
0: Oopsie. Because literally It went silent and Tony's like... Oh yeah, sorry about that one. Uh, let's move on. But,
1: I thought he was still being serious and being like, yeah, 24 people were injured in this car accident. No, he's just being racist. I love the 90s.
0: But Eddie shakes hands and commentary, talks about the accident, and he's like, you know, he's happy to be here, and he kind of kills the mood. It, like, it's a real, like, fucking downer of like, you know, yeah. so I just want to thank everybody that I'm here. It's like, Eddie, I'm happy you're, you're okay, but like, I mean, I guess technically speaking, we knew you were alive and fine months ago. Yeah. Now that you're back, we want to see you in...
1: More lively. In a wrestling
0: context. Like, come out and cut a promo. Interestingly enough, he's like, I want to thank Eric Bischoff for, you know, keeping me employed during this time. Like, really trying to push that face turn, too. And I'm like...
1: Did you also notice when they were going through, like, what happened to him, like, his injuries, they didn't say he broke his hip. He oh, broke yeah. his hip socket.
0: That's what it was. Yeah, like, oh, Jesus. His hip
1: socket? Like, How do you like, break like, that?
0: lacerated his kidney or something? Like, ah. What the
1: fuck, man? I was just so... I've never heard anybody break a socket of anything. Like, I've heard it be, like, dislocated. Um, How do you break a socket?
0: Oh, Eddie did come out to the LWO theme, by the way, but that's just...
1: Was it the LWO thing?
0: I guess it's just his theme as well. I don't know. Because the Guerrero's come out to that in like 2002 Smackdown too. So I'm like, is it just
1: I'm realizing I realized in this episode that there are like three people that are maybe okay, there are four people that I can think of off the top of my head that when their music plays, I know that it's them coming out. Like in like we used to yeah, do Yeah, there's the, not a lot of great themes. No, they're really unmemorable. Like, we used to do that game, or you used to play this game on me that was, like, we're just fucking cruel, really. Before I really knew anything about wrestling, <laughs> Nick would just play a playlist of wrestlers' themes and be like, okay, whose theme is this? I'm like, I don't know. I know three wrestlers, and I don't know this song. He's like, oh, um, it's the Undertaker's theme from 1992 to 1992. Like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can just say in 1992. No, know? that's
1: what you do. You give me like a range. that's from March 92 to February of 93. Like, well, I don't know. to be fair,
0: that was still be the funeral march, and you should know who that is. Then,
1: not the point. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's. it There are no themes here. Like, if we played that game right now with just WCW themes, the commentators
0: would fail that game. Yeah. Well, too, the commentators are like. What up, Mach? Who is this? Who could that
1: be? Okay, I didn't count him. But I'm thinking, like, I know the NWO theme. I know Booker T. I know Ric Flair. I know Raven. Um, You know
0: more than that. (sighs) DDP.
1: Okay, that's five. I know DDP. Kidman. I couldn't sing Kidman's theme off the top of my head right now.
0: So we haven't quite gotten to the Nitro opening yet, but literally it played, and Emily went, quick, you just heard it, hum that th- hum that music, and I'm like, I-, I can't, there's no...
1: There's there's no rhythm, there's, there's no, no melody. Yeah,
0: there's nothing.
1: And that's kind of like the theme for a lot of wrestlers' music in WCW. It's, it's bad.
0: It's just noise.
1: It is just noise.
0: So Eddie is out here for a reason, and it is to call the Hack versus Kidman match up first. Which was an interesting combo. Hack has chastity with him, but we also weren't sure if this was a hardcore match. Okay, maybe first.
1: maybe that's what I was thinking when I said that it felt like there was a lot of hardcore matches. There were a lot of matches that could have been hardcore.
0: I think this that were like technically bordering. was.
1: I can't tell. I don't know. Because there was a DQ in this one, spoiler. and
0: Or a no contest. Or, could, I don't know. Well, that's the issue when you don't announce finishes.
1: Fair. I also just, I'm realizing in this episode that I miss the start of the match, being like, the following contest is a, this following contest is for one fall, it is a no disqualification match.
0: Well, we've talked about this before, but our microphones are too good for me to do the joke of fucking Dave Penzer's audio mixing.
1: I don't even hear it, like, trying anymore.
0: Yeah. So, match starts, Hack throws Kibb into the mat, but he, like, immediately kips back up, and they actually start a bit more mat-based than I would have thought, which also made me think this wasn't going to be a hardcore match because I'm like, oh, they're actually doing like wrist locks and yeah. you know, like, like ground-based wrestling. I'm like, oh, shit. It
1: was a different kind of wrestling for Billy because he's very rope-heavy and flippy. And- I would say
0: different type, different type of wrestling for fucking Hack.
1: True. Because he relies on his kendo stick. There was a point in the beginning that I did kind of like character-building-wise for um, Hack, which would have led me to believe that this wasn't a hardcore match. He had the kendo stick in his hand in the ring and he had a moment of like looking at the kendo stick and looking at Billy and looking at the kendo stick like, I really want to hit you with this. And he's like, nah, I don't want, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And he throws the stick out of the the ring before he swings it, which would lead me to believe that he wanted this to be hardcore, but he's not a hardcore match. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. However, I think that literally was just, I want to hit you with this. However... The ref is making me remove it for some reason, even though this is a hardcore. I don't fucking know. It's
1: a better character moment if it's not a hardcore match, because this is a different kind of wrestling for both of them, and that would show more of a struggle for Hack to, like, overcome.
0: Well, I was going to say, we we got a little distracted during this. Yeah, so did the actual match, because Tank Abbott then fucking comes out for some reason, middle of the match, goes to commentary, and grabs a microphone that, like, goes out to the crowd, and is like, I want to be the ref for the main event.
1: This struck me as really weird because he didn't come, he didn't interfere in the ring. So while he's cutting this weird ass promo, the match is still happening behind him.
0: Yeah, like they don't even pause. No, they like, don't uh, pause. Oh, what the fuck's this guy doing? Like he
1: just like Tank Abbott goes to commentary, takes the mic, and talks to the crowd while Hack and Kidman are still just like grappling in the ring. It just it was very strange.
0: Yeah. Once he's done with his whole thing, Kidman actually does try to like pick up the pace and like get the crowd back. God bless him. It's a vault to the outside. Chastity then grabs a chair and gets on the apron. Hack dr- hack, drop toe holds Kidman into the chair that Chastity's holding right in front of the ref. So it's like DQ?
1: Yeah. And then But ha- if it's a hardcore match, it's not a DQ. I don't yeah. fucking know. Well, then
0: Hack grabs multiple tables and a ladder and sets them up. And it's like, oh, I guess this is fine. So it's a no DQ match. <sighs> Kidman gets tossed into the ladder and then gets laid across a table set up in the ring. The other table is set up in one of the other corners. Mm -hmm. Hack dies, but Kidman moves, and Hack crashes through the table in a lot of quotes. What the fuck were these tables?
1: They were like Ikea tables, but like the cheapest Ikea table, like not finished. Like these are DIY Ikea tables. Yeah,
0: no, it looked like... Eighth grade DIY like wood shop make a table like it just like you bought this for eight dollars an idea and
1: you finish it however you want to finish it
0: because it also looked like it was a real thin piece of wood on top like connected by like two by fours underneath it's like what the
1: fuck is it was weird
0: so was the other one by the way
1: I didn't notice the other one I just noticed the one that Hack went through
0: yeah I think that's when we really kind of perked up and then there was a lot of craziness going on later because Kidman then lays a chair across Hack and it's like i'm gonna go hit a fucking shooting star press and i'm like you might murder him yeah and then hugh morris interferes and the ref calls for the bell yeah which is a moment that felt a lot more random in the moment and then it's like oh yeah they had a thing the week before
1: no it felt random because why are we calling for the bell oh well that too that's that's why i was upset yeah it's they like-, like
0: brawl on the outside and it's like oh, i'll ring the bell
1: it's over. Like, this is too far. Like, what kind of match was this?
0: Yeah, and then fucking Brian Nobbs comes out. I'm so sick of Brian Nobbs.
1: Couldn't even tell you what Brian Nobbs looks like.
0: He's nasty. Cool. He comes out, hits Hack with a trash can a few times, and then throws him through the, the remaining table and does his, um, you know, nasty as I want to be. He calls somebody out. We I literally no could not make who, out what the fuck he said.
1: Because commentary was talking over it and then the ring audio was happening or like the music, whatever. And then he would just starts talking at the camera about somebody, calls somebody out, and no one stops talking. So we have no idea what Brian Knobbs was saying to the camera.
0: I remember when he first started doing this, like, oh I like him talking to the camera. And now I'm like, Do you still
1: I like the idea of it? There's Everything a... I like the concept of. The execution is garbage because you have a company full of narcissists that all want to hear the sound of their own voices and they will overlap each other to hear the sound of their own voice louder than whoever they're talking against.
0: Well, in terms of liking the idea and necessarily the execution, it's kind of how I felt about this match. I, although, actually, I did enjoy bits of this match. I really wish they had the chance to just have it be a match and not have Tank Abbott randomly come out in the fucking middle of it and then end in a weird interference DQ and a hardcore yeah. cuz they had some decent action going.
1: It, I mean, Billy Kidman knows how to like yeah. make the match work.
0: It wasn't a bad match I before know. that and then just like I don't, you know, it's it's easy to forget everything that happened because it didn't matter. So we then go backstage, Rick Flair and JJ Dillon are in a room. I guess they it's I guess meant to be Flair's off Flair, Flair's office changes week to week.
1: He's just in some room with a couch.
0: Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, eight girls to my room in the Marriott. It's like, just ordering women.
1: Ordering women to his door.
0: Yeah, Flair talks to J.J. Dillon and is like, is the elbow drop banned? Like, in terms of Macho Man and Savages? And it's like, yeah. He's like, who banned it? It's like, you, you, did. you did. It's like, it's banned. It's like, yeah. Who banned it? Like,
1: so, this whole episode like just felt like, I can't tell if Ric Flair the character is unhinged. Or Ric Flair, the person, is losing sight of where that line ends between person and character. Because he's so unhinged recently.
0: I think it's meant to be the character's unhinged, but Rick just doesn't know how to get that across, so it just comes off really weird.
1: It comes off like Ric Flair, the person, doesn't know the point that he's trying to make in a promo, so he just repeats himself and that makes him sound unhinged.
0: Potentially, because yeah, he's also like, "What segment I am?" And JJ Dillard's like, "You're you're the president. You can be in any fucking segment you want."
1: And we were talking about this in the last episode when he just continuously stopped and like broke the fourth wall and was yelling at the camera ops. Like something is off with Rick, either the character or the person, and I can't really tell where the line ends between those two entities.
0: I'm also trying to figure out. That's what just occurred to me. I'm like, are they just putting J.J. Dillon in the Charles Robinson role? Because he's currently injured.
1: It makes more sense for it to be J.J. Dillon than Charles Robinson, though. Well, Charles yeah. Robinson's a fucking referee. Who well, is he?
0: The catch is that I feel like J.J. Dillon has, you know, free will and, yeah. you know, opinions. Does
1: not feel like a prisoner?
0: I feel like a prisoner, just like a little bitch. Well,
1: he is wearing glasses.
0: So that segment just kind of happens. I, I don't. Moving on. Yeah, I don't get the purpose. You say moving on like it's going to go something substantial. No, I'm just saying let's not uh, linger on it. Yeah, it doesn't on, make any sense, you uh, know? On Thunder, Gene called the cage match tonight a shoot cage fight.
1: Did he actually say shoot? Yeah. That's weird.
0: I know. Was, I'm like, what the fuck? You we know, to the recap of Abbott and Steiner brawling. Commentary hypes up Abbott, and then Eddie is just still there. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Did you, I have to go now. My did planet you underst- needs me.
1: Did you understand why Rick Steiner just started wailing on Tank Abbott? He just Rick came out of nowhere and just started beating up Tank Abbott for no apparent reason.
0: I think they chopped it up a bit. Like there were words, and he was, you know, he was basically calling wrestling fake. So Rick Steiner came out and was like, "Oh, you want to see fucking fake?" Mm. I was I just couldn't just hear that, any words or any yeah. Kind of they, like they cut it up a bit. Them
1: fighting words, so it just looked like Rick came out of nowhere and just like bam, 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 bam.
0: Next up, we get DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow coming out. Although Bam Bam literally might as well not be out here for this promo.
1: Yeah. It's kind of rare, isn't it, for a promo or a wrestler to come out to cut a promo without Mean Gene?
0: Yeah, we've talked about this before how it's like, it seems like Bret Hart was the only person who could get away with just like coming out to talk. And now.
1: Yeah, but even so with Bret, like, it wasn't often. Like, I can think of like on like once or twice, one or yeah. two occasions that he came out without Mean Gene.
0: Yeah, and Brett also had the weird thing of actually doing the backstage promo. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck?
1: DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow come out and cut a promo without me and Gene.
0: DDP says he tried to do the right thing and apologize after he hurt Hulk Hogan. He's like, what did I get in return? He fucking attacked me.
1: Yeah. It's
0: like, maybe next time we'll take out Hogan for good. And I'm like, are you going to murder this man?
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Or he's going to just make sure that he cannot wrestle again. There is no coming back.
0: He then shifts to Raven and Saturn. Goldberg can start, so DDP tells him to shut up. It's like, oh, okay. There's that. For some reason, DDP wants the title match tonight. And he's like, we'll blow the roof off of this dump.
1: He's like, we already took out the trash in reference to Raven.
0: Oh, yeah. This is where Bam Bam's like, yeah, we did. And like that's his only line that's in him. the whole promo.
1: Later in the promo, though, they're like, yeah, we got that East Coast attitude. Which just made me laugh because, like, we're from the East Coast and there is an attitude, like, in the Northeast, but not here. I don't know. I don't think of the... I've only ever lived on the East Coast, so I don't know, but I don't feel like there's an attitude.
0: Speak for yourself.
1: But Do you really think that, like, Central Maryland has an attitude? Like, no.
0: Yeah, I want some crabs. Give me some Old Bay.
1: That's the only thing... Old Bay is not the only personality trait of Maryland, and TikTok needs to stop saying that it is. It really is. It bothers me, because it's not.
0: It, it, it really is. It's yeah.
1: not! I've lived here for a very long time, and I don't really like Old Bay all that much. I like it on some things, but it's not my whole damn personality.
0: So you got nothing, then?
1: We have the flag. <laughs> the flag goes everywhere. It's
0: a terrible flag.
1: It is not a terrible flag. It really It's is. an iconic flag, it's and fucking, you're going to need to take that back, or so else I'm po- sending your residency in this fucking
0: potpourri of a flag
1: you're a potpourri of a person
0: <laughs> i'm well-rounded all right cool
1: Oh, so you're saying that the flag of Maryland is well-rounded. Wow, that's so kind yeah, of Yeah, it
0: shouldn't be. It's a flag.
1: It's the most memorable flag in the United States. What does the Jersey flag look like, Nick? By
0: the way, no one... What od- does
1: the New Jersey flag look like? Tell me.
0: No one outside of Maryland knows what the Maryland flag looks like. Everybody
1: outside of Maryland knows what the Maryland flag looks like. It's iconic. It I didn't
0: know what it was until I yes moved you here. you did. And until I moved here, I didn't liar. know I really didn't.
1: Well, tell me, what the, tell me what the New Jersey flag looks like.
0: It's yellow. It has a crest in the center. That's I it. I can't
1: even verify because yeah. it's so... Forgettable.
0: It's simple.
1: Who needs simple? We're loud. We're Maryland. Look at our flag. It's on my shirt. Oh, it's I'm, on my pants. It's needs, on my hat. It's on my scarf.
0: Who needs simple gestures broadly to the Italian and French flags?
1: Yeah, but look at their personalities. They are very loud personality type people. And, the Italians and the French.
0: Hold on. No, no, no. We're talking about the flags. Don't fucking derail I'm this. just saying that like,
1: It compares.
0: They cut the, the fuck out of this. No.
1: The Maryland flag is important. How did we get here?
0: So this was not much of any kind of substantial promo. I, I don't think DDP and Hogan are going to do fucking do anything. It really feels like DDP has been demoted down to the tag division and Hogan ain't going down there, brother. Brother. Best case scenario is Hogan squashes DDP in like a singles match. But also, Hogan, not here tonight.
1: I also just don't want to see that match. DDP and Hogan?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't want to see any match with Hogan. I find him to be really boring to watch.
0: Well, we'll see whenever the hell he comes back, because it was weird they had him return, and then there's no mention of him this week in terms of like when he'll show up again. We then go backstage. Perry, Saturn, and Canyon arrive and are told that Raven was sent to the hospital. So apparently now it's them versus DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow for the titles. The
1: acting in the segment. Yeah. Just chefs. And the
0: Academy Award. Yes. For best prop goes to Moppy.
1: Moppy's not here yet. Perry's just a bad actor.
0: We go from that to a random cut to DJ Ran.
1: So, do you remember two weeks ago... That whole segment, they went off site to this like music festival thing, and Eric Bischoff had a talking head where he was I think like, that "Was last week? No, Tom, it
0: Tommy Boy Records.
1: Oh, maybe it was last week. I thought it was too. Oh, yeah.
0: it was because I actually I needed to give Tommy Boy Records credit. I did look up Tommy Boy Records controversy, and I really didn't find anything. Oh, good. So you know, I have to. Uh, it, I I'm sorry, I doubted you.
1: So that whole segment with Tommy Boy Records, the offsite, and Eric Bischoff had that talking head where he was like, we're going to partner with Tommy Boy Records, and we're going to bring music to WCW like you've never seen it before in professional wrestling. This is just a DJ booth, in a small DJ booth of that.
0: Is this it? I swear they cut something off, that, like Peacock. I looked, they didn't. They're like, oh, he's talking mess about Kurt Hennig. Like, did you do it during the fucking commercial break? Because... You didn't do it on the air. I I don't want it to be true, but I think that this DJ booth that is probably
1: like something that you would see at a wedding is what they meant by bringing music to WCW.
0: So Kurt Henning jo- then joins commentary and is like, yeah, DJ Rand had a problem with you and what you were saying with rap. So Henning decides I'm going to go sing a country song. And for some reason, he's like, "Let me bring out Bobby Duncan Jr., who just brings out a black cowboy hat for him."
1: Yeah, I didn't get this segment. This was stupid.
0: They kick DJ Rand out of his spot, who literally just like, just oh okay, yeah, I guess take it. So they start to sing, and then Conan and Ray Mysterio interrupt in Astros jerseys, which Kurt Hading does point out, like, "What the what is this? Fucking Astros jerseys, really?"
1: What's wrong with Astros jersey? Well, they're
0: in Houston. It's just sucking up.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't take any note of that because sports and I didn't care. Yeah, it,
0: we've talked about this before. Just the um, what's what's weaker: a face wearing the local jersey to suck up, or the heel wearing the rival jersey to get heat? And I think I think we both agreed trying to suck up was worse.
1: No, I think not even like the heel wearing the rivals, just coming out and being like. The Bears suck. Like, that's the weakest.
0: So you hate Edging Christian in 2000. <laughs> and Kurt Angle in 2000.
1: When they do those lines, yeah, it's cheap. It's, it's on par with, like, Mick Foley coming out and being like, right here in New York City. Like, it's the same thing. They know what they're doing, but it's still weak.
0: So Conan grabs a mic and we need to retcon Nick being right.
1: Is this not a new theme?
0: Because oh no, no 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 um I think they came out to a Ray's theme or I I didn't know I didn't if they came out to a theme I, just, I think they just walked out I don't know. it was unmemorable but he calls Kurt Hennig and Bobby Duncombe strawberries oh
1: yeah and, and they are not, not, the not part
0: of the wolf pack, so I'm like oh this is just a general insult you have yeah which is it meant to be a gay thing like 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 fruits kind of thing.
1: I didn't get, like, gay vibes off of it. I think he's just trying to insult them by calling them an inanimate object. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get that he was calling I, them gay. I see, don't think See
0: now, See, now that you said that, I'm just picturing Ray Fines in, in Bruges. Just, you're an inanimate fucking object. <laughs> they sloppily talk over each other, talk mess, and then start to brawl, and security breaks it up.
1: With the right editing, this storyline... Is a Disney Channel original movie. (laughs) The power of music. Which music is better? And then at the end, they're going to come together and write a country rap song.
0: After the break, Tony announces that there will be a tag team match later between these four men. I am anxiously awaiting the actual song of Rap is Crap.
1: Is that actually a thing?
0: Yes. And it, yes. And we'll talk about it more when it actually comes out. But it did actually make the charts.
1: Oh god. I don't give a shit about this segment and it's stupid, so I'm just going to move on. Like it's this whole this whole episode is just segment after segment that I'm like, can this just end? It's so boring. And then like this segment, this storyline has been dragged out for weeks at this point. I'm like, why? This is probably this is week 3 of this. This has to be.
0: I forget how long this has been going on, but it does feel like weirdly intense. Given the subject matter.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: last week, it was, Kurt Henning's like, oh, rap kind of sucks. Kona, it's like, I'll fucking kill you. It's exactly. like, Jesus. yeah. But and,
1: like, all all of Kurt Henning's rebuttals have, like, I don't know, semi-racist undertones.
0: I disagree. I think. Really? I don't think he said anything that, like, I think the fact that he doesn't like rap, people just kind of assume. But there's there's been nothing added on to that. Or like any kind of buzzwords to where I think it's just associating.
1: The music genre rap and the music genre country have just such connotations amongst them. Yeah. It feels like it has racist undertones. And maybe that's just my projection.
0: However, he is feuding with a Hispanic man, not a black man. So there is that. Yeah. Let's move on.
1: You want to talk about Van Hammer and Evan Courageous? Not
0: really, but we have to. I have a very uh, niche version of this game to where I'm not even going to do the sound cue for it. But uh, Van Hammer, who's that Pokemon? I do not even know what
1: he was
0: wearing. He is the pre-evolved version of somehow both Test and DDP.
1: What the fuck? You're not wrong, though.
0: There are, it's like a branching evolutions thing (laughs) where it's like the Canada Stone or the Good Wrestler Stone. (laughs) Which one do you want?
1: Which stone did Edge
0: get? He's not a pre-evolved version. (laughs) Edge isn't involved here.
1: (laughs) Edge is the evolved version of Test.
0: No, he's not even included in this. He's too good for that.
1: (laughs) He's Canadian with long blonde hair. What are you trying to say? eventually he wears leather.
0: So is Christian.
1: Yeah, he can be on this branch, true? We should make make a tree of this.
0: (laughs) No, we're not doing that.
1: Long-haired blonde Canadian in wrestling.
0: Yeah, Jericho.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot. Tristratus (laughs)
0: Tristratus <laughs> it's to be a, you know what oh my it's god it's meant to they, be a simple joke I want to move on to this they
1: all wore leather at some point in their careers too there's correlation man anyway that was a good joke good job proud of you
0: yeah there are certain Pokemon that can't do the branching evolutions like can you name any of them Eevee yes yeah what was I thinking? Eevee has so many I just yeah. forgot
1: that's why there are so many it depends on which stone you get
0: I was thinking like uh, Poliwhirl or or uh, Slowpoke bike. No, 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 Poly World evolves in different things.
1: To Poly Wrath or Poly Toad. Oh, I never get Poly Toad. Yeah,
0: you need a you need to do a trade with a King's Rock.
1: I don't think I've ever had a King's Rock. Which is
0: also the same way you evolved Slowpoke into Slow King.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I've ever held a King's Rock.
0: Well, good thing you weren't traded doing it. You never know what happened. So Courageous is wearing his tearaway pants again. Which I don't think I realized were tearaway last time.
1: No, we had to back up because you were like um, where did his pants go? <laughs> yeah, where they cut away from the rain and cut back, and Evan wasn't wearing pants. And Nick's like, "Where did his pants go?"
0: He doesn't do anything fun with him though. He's just like standing in the apron, like, "Oh, I guess I'll just take him off." I'm yeah, like, he should do something. How have, have Tearaway Pants be your gimmick? What the fuck's your current gimmick?
1: Nick owns Tearaway Pants, and a couple weeks ago, he got mad at me for some reason. Like, we're having, like, a petty, dramatic fight, and he comes out in the living room, and I say something to him, he dramatically turns around and just tears his Tearaway Pants off and just storms into the
0: bedroom. I did say. You could laugh at that. That was funny.
1: I didn't hear you say that. But, like, the dr- the drama of it, because, like, he was very clearly annoyed with me. Yeah, it was saying, I'm going to bed. <laughs> had to keep everything in myself to not laugh at you because you were so upset. That oh, was still
0: so funny. So this is basically a squash match. Although, Craig just get in a little more offense than you'd think. Hammer catches a head scissors, but the move happens anyway. It, like, weirdly, like, held him there for a minute. It's like, oh, this is clearly, like, I thought it was going to go into, like, the Alabama Slam kind of move he won with last week. Yeah. Nope, the move just still happens. And then he tries it again, but Hammer drops him across the top rope.
1: This was just a lot of boring, lifeless chain wrestling. This me.
0: goes for so
1: long. It really does. I did make note of um, Van Hammer's gear here, though. Just the logo on it.
0: Yeah, it's a really lazy piece with the... With
1: the cross through it. Yeah. Like, no piece. We know his message at this point, I guess.
0: Hammer tries to lock in an abdominal stretch, but like... Doesn't have the balance for it, and like literally has to like use the ropes to like secure himself, and then he has to use the cheat. And I'm like, Ugh.
1: Yes, this this was dumb.
0: Yeah, he's doing the pulling the ropes, and then the ref goes to look. He releases yeah. kind of thing. Hammer hits a delayed superplex, which looks scary at first, but actually was impressive once it was like okay, they're they're both fine. <sighs> After that, Hammer lifts Courageous from up from the pin, which is a spot we'll see later in the night. In a very uh, big evil Undertaker moment. is oh, go school. Go to school. Beep, 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 beep. This allows Courageous to hit a springboard cross body, but then gets caught with a Cobra Clutch slam from Hammer and gets the pin, which I swear he did last week and it wasn't a pinning move.
1: I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I can't even remember his match last week. I remember us talking about his gear, but I don't remember his match. He
0: at wrestled Chavo. We I, talk, remember, we talk again, more I remember, again, I remember us talking
1: about Pepe, yeah. I don't remember anything about the match.
0: What are the odds they do anything with Van Hammer? Low. Yeah, I agree.
1: <laughs> Low until people start leaving. Even then. You know who I just remembered exists and hasn't returned? Berlin. Yeah. Where the c- hell is Berlin?
0: Well, we they took him off TV because of the Columbine stuff. We talked oh, was about that this. actually why? Yeah. Oh,
1: I thought that was just speculation.
0: No, no, no. no. He looked too similar to it, so I was like, oh, let's, let's, uh, let's wait this out. He'll come back eventually. I don't know for how long, but I know he will actually wrestle as Berlin. Yeah,
1: I was just thinking about him.
0: We go from that mediocre match to a Mean Gene interview with Roddy Piper. Gene also notes that Piper is juggling WCW movies and his wife and six kids.
1: Six kids.
0: Also, he's not really juggling movies.
1: Yeah, what movies was he in?
0: The main one everyone knows, which actually is a good movie, is called They Live. Okay. It's a John Carpenter movie.
1: I only know him as what should be an award-winning role as uh, the maniac in Always Sunny, Philadelphia.
0: Remember, the maniac loves you. You got kids, maniac? No. Not anymore. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually looking up his IMDB because... The only one, only one I can think of is Hell Comes to Frogtown, but that's in 1998. <laughs> Hell Comes to Sorry, 1988, not ni-
1: 1998. Fun fact for the listeners, Roddy Piper is Nick's desktop background on his computer.
0: <laughs> it's him as Mufasa going, remember, Domaniac, loves you. Um, I didn't
1: know who that person was for the longest time when we were dating.
0: He's in a TV series called Mentor. I don't know. I think it's like a one-off. He's not really an actor. Let's just be honest. He's in Sunny
1: and that's all that matters.
0: But basically, yeah, he's not really juggling movies. Also, he's been barely juggling WCW because he's He's been... He's barely here. Yeah, he's been really in and out and he's not doing house shows. Mm. Piper sucks up to the crowd and then sucks up to America since Mm -hmm. it's Memorial Day. He's like, I want to thank all the people who's for fucking dead.
1: This is the first mention of this being a Memorial Day, Memorial Weekend show. It's Roddy Piper being like, I'd like to thank all the men and women who served and who lost their lives for this country to make sure that we live as free men and women. I'm like, oh, so it's Memorial Day. Did everyone just forget that on commentary and in production? Like, that's kind of a big thing. This is a holiday show.
0: So Piper addresses the horseman breakup and brings out Dean Malenko to air his grievances with the great line. Let's get ready to grumble.
1: It's Dean Malenko. (laughs)
0: Weird theme music for Dean, Dean Malenko. I could not figure out what he was even trying to get across. It was not the uh, knockoff Goldfinger theme he gets later.
1: At this point, though, I think I realized that Mean Gene just doesn't feel like working tonight. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he excuses like, himself.
0: This, this might turn into something, so uh, I'm going to excuse myself. He literally like
1: said, do you mind if I leave Like to Roddy Piper and just exits the stage? Like, oh yeah, you just don't feel like working tonight, Gene.
0: Piper then tells Dean that he was the best cruiseweight champion of all time. He didn't just like prod him into like, you know, like, oh, I bet you don't like this and this, but mm-hmm. Dean just literally just silent. Dean says he and Benoit didn't walk away from the horseman. Flair walked away from then. Yeah, not seen here tonight, Chris Benoit.
1: Yeah, which I thought was strange. Yeah. He's the one that would be like more charismatic and more talkative.
0: Yeah, but like. Does Milenko has to do the entirety of talking for him? I wonder if that'll kind of come up, but uh-huh. this prompts Ric Flair and R. Anderson to come out. Dean tells Flair, it's not all about the flash, it's about passing the torch. And Dean notes, like, W.C.W. can't live in the past and survive. Like, you have to move on to the future. I don't have all the notes from this segment. I enjoyed the segment, but yeah. there's was a lot of, like, niche talking points that are just, like, hard to, like, keep up with.
1: I mean, Flair's response to that, Flair says he isn't thinking about the future until he sees someone who who can not just hold the torch, but is worthy of passing it on to.
0: Yeah, he's like, there's not anybody worth passing the torch on to, so I'm not yeah. going to do it.
1: I was trying to think, remember the exact wording that he said.
0: He also tells Dean that without Ric Flair, there are no horsemen. It's like, eh, I mean, yeah, he's kind of the glue for that.
1: Dean did have a line that was just like, brutal. It was just like... I was committed to this, the Four Horsemen, while Ric Flair was being committed. Like, damn.
0: Yeah. Arn tries to, like, patch things up. And he's like, look, basically, you haven't said or done anything yet that we can't forgive. But, like, you know, you, you got to basically get back in line. Yeah. And Dean's like, you know, I told you I would do anything last week. That was last week. And he walks out.
1: And that's it.
0: Which just leaves Piper in the ring. <laughs> I did laugh. We glanced over it, but uh, Flair tells Piper, I'm glad, got, I'm glad he got a job as a mic stand for the night, because he just oh, he he did nothing say that. to do during this whole promo.
1: That was, that was cruel. That was a good line.
0: Piper then tells Flair he'll see him in Baltimore, and then Flair blindsides him, and the two brawl, including Piper taking off his belt and whipping Flair, Flair bails to the outside like three or four times, and then just gets back in the ring, and then gets beat down again, and then... Bails again and then comes back. It's real yeah. long and sloppy. But
1: then he they brawl like semi up the ramp and Ric Flair kind of runs off again. And did you see our special guest appearance of a Nitro girl?
0: Okay, yeah. I w- funny thing is, I wrote it down. Then I went, "Oh, they're not next, so no. it wasn't that." But they go to commercials and clearly during the commercial there's Nitro Girl. There was
1: just one Nitro Girl that clearly missed her cue or something and came out early and was just like standing on the ramp and was making a very apologetic face at Ric Flair as he was running up the ramp.
0: Well, there was also the women at ringside who were clearly sponsored by something. Oh, And Ric Flair literally sees them and is like, no, quick, come brawl over here with me. (laughs) I didn't. I couldn't tell I was, what they were sponsored by. I was so ready for Ric Flair to get thrown into the front row yeah. on the women, on, like onto them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, that spot happens in wrestling sometimes. I can't, I
1: can't tell what they were sponsoring, but I I didn't see it as like which, him trying to give them which sponsor you know, time. Really, it was just,
0: really good sponsorship then.
1: Right. <laughs> I thought it was just like Ric Flair saw attractive women and was like, "Let me show them how attractive I am." Like, honey,
0: no. To right, I did lead to him getting just fucking chopped and beat down right in front yeah. of them. So thoughts on this segment?
1: It was. The tone was all over the place.
0: I really liked the Dean Malenko portion of this. Yes. It was a matter of once the brawl kind of happened, it just
1: basically it once Ric weird. Flair came out and started talking, it was ruined. Really? Okay.
0: I thought literally until Dean left, it was fine.
1: <sighs> it was again. It was fine. I don't. I don't know. I think that the the tone of it was getting lost or getting confused. Maybe this would this would have been a better backstage segment. The fact that this was in the ring made it totally confused to me.
0: I, I am enjoying Dean's work during this, and we'll just kind of see what continues to kind of happen with that. Because I'm hoping they actually give this horseman kind of breakup, an actual pay-per-view thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously it won't be the next one because he's facing Piper, but I, is, I hope they give it the time it deserves.
1: Yes. It is nice also to hear Dean Malenko's voice.
0: Yeah, he sounded he sounded real hoarse today.
1: He just doesn't talk, and yeah. I like to hear his voice. And you know whose voice I don't like to hear? Eric Bischoff? Yeah.
0: Well, too bad. He's on commentary. <laughs> Looking real old.
1: He really did. He
0: looks older here than he does now. I'm like, how? This
1: it's is 22
0: years ago. His
1: hair is so gray, but it's also so fluffy that he looks disheveled. It's not
0: even gray. It's white. It is,
1: yeah. But it's just it's fluffy enough that it looks unkept. And that, like, adds to the old man of it. And he's wearing glasses. You know how I the feel about glasses. The man's wearing glasses.
0: <laughs> He's here to call Conan and Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Henning and Bobby Duncombe Jr. I keep wanting to write Bobby Duncan, because it just, that's a more common last name. Bobby Dunkum. Ray and Conan come out to what might be a new theme. Stop. And for some fucking reason, are in prison <laughs> jumpsuits.
1: I was tempted to ask if you wanted to do Who's That Pokemon, but... I was like,
0: what would we do? Um, who's the Pokemon? Nails. <laughs> they are nails. Hold on. Nails is a steel type. All right. Hold on. That's uh, a... <laughs> they are Skarmory. <laughs> Congrats. Ray Mysterio is Skarmory. He's high flying in steel like nails. <laughs>
1: oh, my
0: God. So, the country boys come out. Henny grabs a mic and is like, we're going to do another song. And it starts singing about Texas and then they get blindsided by the faces, which was... I thought an interesting choice, but then, you know, they got cheered the way they wanted to. It was bold of them to do this whole country music fucking sucks storyline in Houston, Texas. It, it was bold. It ended up working, but it was like, a, this really could have backfired. Really? It easy. really could
1: have. You're right. And for the, like, to do a music angle in the South at all, like, it just, it really could yeah. backfire. Well, to my
0: understanding, that's basically what happens with this angle is. They bring in a rap group that no one cares about, and it's like, oh, Rap is Crap is a fun song. Let's cheer these guys.
1: (laughs) Somebody told me it's not a good song.
0: I don't know. I want to, like, do a live listen to on the podcast. When
1: it comes up, yeah. Yeah. I agree. We should.
0: Conan tosses Ray into a Bronco Buster in the Hillsbury group. On commentary, Eric Bischoff is like, you know, Henning's not as good as he used to be. Uh. Like, what the? fuck dude damn like really like just going for the he also really calls out conan I'm like oh yeah conan's like just not motivated in most of his matches like
1: i mean i what agree the fuck? but <laughs> you're not supposed to say that this is your product
0: hmm. it's true
1: but he shouldn't say it
0: and ray start the actual match portion as commentary tries to pretend that ray's better off without the mask
1: Oh, yeah, they made a comment of like he's really like found himself in WCW since he's gotten rid of the mask. I'm like, no, he hasn't.
0: Oh yeah, I've already just lost to Kevin Nash. I'm already beat Bam Bam Bigelow like, that's I think a-
1: they, yeah he's they, the commentary said like his career has taken off. like in what sense is his career better right now?
0: I, I, have, to <sighs> give, I have to give I think a Bobby Heenan credit. He notes on commentary that it's like wearing the prison jumpsuits is a terrible idea in terms of wrestling. Because it gives your opponent so much more to like grab onto for leverage or catching you. It's like Yes.
1: You've said this before too, and I've asked like why do wrestlers wear like just the the undies. Yeah.
0: I mean like it. In UFC, it's why certain guys don't wear the shoes because it gives mm. their opponents something to like, grab onto and like a leverage point. I
1: think that's gross. I think they should always wear shoes.
0: Heels work over Ray, who tries for the hot tag but keeps getting cut off like right beforehand. We get a nice spot of Ray rolling through Hennig's legs and like hits a drop kick from the ground.
1: Yeah, I did. Like that was impressive. Like that was a new form of like athleticism. That yeah, it was like a I ki- haven't it seen like a half, up, half like yeah. drop
0: kick kind of thing. He, I don't
1: think I've ever seen that before.
0: No. He then gets the hot tag to Conan, who I don't think had actually like, really been in this match yet. He starts his comeback complete with, like, Rolling Clothesline and Face Buster, then like, immediately locks in the Tequila Sunrise, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay. And then Duncan comes in and hits Conan with the cowbell he brought to ringside. And DQ. Yeah, DQ. I'm like, oh, God damn it! really?
1: I was actually kind of enjoying this match, too.
0: Yeah, I think this match is going to be a blueprint for what Rey Mysterio and Conan tag team matches are. Yeah. Of Rey doing eighty five yeah eighty five ninety <laughs> percent of the work and Conan just coming in for a little bit. So post match, they beat down Conan and Ray and then they hog tie Conan.
1: Yeah, where do these chains come from? They like pull out these two big like chains. Well, rope. Was it rope? It was rope. I thought that was like big link chain. No, it was it
0: was the same rope that the cowbell was on. Bobby Duckham just comes down to the ring with this cowbell and rope.
1: I really thought there were chains. Okay.
0: No, well, weirdly enough, with the chain, during the match, Hennig tries to choke Ray with his chain like he was doing to Conan all yeah. last week. And the chain just breaks, so it's like, oh, that's that spot. Not in this match anymore. It's like, okay.
1: Well, yeah, I wonder like, if they were going to do something more with that chain and then it just broke.
0: I'm fine with it considering last week that was the majority of the match. Just choke, count to four. Choke, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It was kind of funny seeing Conan hogtied, but...
1: It was. I did kind of like that.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens to the guys at the pay-per-view. There's not a lot announced for the pay-per-view at this point, so we'll have to see what um, happens with them.
1: I'm assuming this match is also going to be at the pay-per-view.
0: From there, we go to Randy Savage coming out alone and says there's a rumor that Nash isn't going to wait until the Great American Bash. He says he's going to fight him tonight and then has this whole thing about... Kevin Nash being in the closet and gay jokes. Gay jokes.
1: Oh, it's funny because he wears makeup because remember when Randy put makeup on him? Makeup. He's gay. It's funny. But then like Medusa runs down and not just Medusa, but corporate Medusa. Yeah. Well, She's in like a blazer, blazer suit. Well, like
0: only a blazer because Jesus. Does the, she have the, wearing the, pants? Well, I'm, I'm saying like up top because there was well, a lot yeah. of bouncing going on when she came out. But
1: corporate Medusa. I thought she looked good.
0: She's like, oh, Nash is here. So Savage then doubles down on the closet line and calls out Nash
1: and, and then, then leaves. leaves. Like,
0: oh, but it's not now.
1: We were both okay. so confused. Like, usually when somebody calls somebody out for, like, a confrontation of some sort, that person comes down and they have that confrontation.
0: Especially given the payoff of what the fuck actually yeah. happens. There was no reason to wait on this. There was
1: no reason except for I'm Kevin Nash and I want more of a spotlight.
0: No, that'd be Randy Savage. Kevin Nash isn't even involved in that segment later. Oh, you're right. You just hate Kevin Nash that I really much. Do. So we go backstage, and DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow check on a knocked out Canyon, which it's implied they knocked him out because it's never really shown or anything. And so, that begs
1: the question of who's going to be in the tag match later.
0: Yeah, so we'll wait and see on that. We go. We cut back to the arena. There's an Owen Hart sign. Eric Bischoff tries to give a Bret Hart update, but then Eric Watts' music just hits, and he does the promo to camera right over Eric Bischoff talking.
1: Talking about like how we send our thoughts and prayers to the yeah. Hart family. Oh, I'm Eric Watts, because
0: this match he's out for is going to be Eric Watts versus David Flair, so with Tori Wilson, Ric Flair, Asia, and Arn Anderson. There
1: was no build to this match. Like usually with the David Flair sec- like matches, there's a segment beforehand of Ric Flair doing something fucky with the with the com- um, competitor. So Eric Watts comes out and then just. Ric Flair's music starts playing basically, and I'm like, What? Why is Eric Watts going against Ric Flair? That doesn't make sense. Oh, it's David. Got it. Like, there was just nothing leading up to that. So, this, this game wasn't
0: meant to be thrown. This was just like a, oh. I don't know. The way I kind of read it was that Flair thinks Eric Watts is shit. So, it's like, Oh, you can probably just beat him. We don't need to have the fix in. But it was weird to have this segment out of nowhere. And. The main point of this match is like, oh, I'm pushing my son as the promoter. So I'm going to have him face, you know, the last person who was the promoter and push their son like Mm -hmm. way too hard. And before we get into this, what the fuck was Tori Wilson's outfit?
1: It was giving me Britney Spears, but like 2000 Britney Spears. You're not
0: wrong, but also a cowboy hat.
1: It was giving Britney Spears meets Trish Stratus, but like in the early 2000s. So she's before her time.
0: Yeah, I do laugh like any woman comes out with a cowboy hat. And you're like, are they trying to be Trish Stratus? It's like, Trish Stratus doesn't debut for another year.
1: I don't know. Like, is Trish Stratus trying to be Tori Wilson?
0: I don't think. I don't think this is memorable enough for that. No, you're right. So the match starts, and Eric Bischoff is talking about the David Flair situation and his record. And he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure with this situation, my 15-year-old son Garrett could do as well. And I'm like... Oh, fucking really, Eric Bischoff. Like, you didn't do this same shit in TNA. Garrett Bischoff was a wrestler.
1: His son's name is Garrett.
0: Garrett Bischoff. So...
1: I hate that because I know one Garrett in my real life, and he is an absolute gem of a man. And I'm very sad that Garrett Bischoff also has a person named Garrett.
0: So, I decided it would be interesting... To look up a little statistic on the three men in play here, in terms of Garrett Bischoff, Eric Watts, and David Flair. There's a site called Cage Match. It's probably somewhat familiar to a lot of our listeners, but I know you don't know it as well. Mm -hmm. It's basically, people can go in and just rate a general match, um, like like any sort of match from this person. It's not like a wrestling observer where it's one person. This is like a mass voting kind of thing. So the average matches of these three men, Eric Watts, his average match is a 2.84 out of 10. Jeez. Garrett Bischoff is a 2.41 out of 10. Oh, God. And coming in in third place is David Flair with a 2.05 out of 10. And honestly... I think that's doing Eric Watts a disservice. I've not watched... I
1: was going to say, I think that Eric Watts probably has a, the best record of those
0: three. I, I've not watched Garrett Bischoff wrestle, but from all accounts of what I've heard, it, it's not great. It was interesting for them to be like, a oh, he's an example of what Ric Flair is doing. And Eric Watts wrestles circles around David Flair. Yeah. And it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And this match is another one that goes a little too long.
0: This and the Van Hammer match both felt like when you're playing WWE two K and you need to get like a minimum star rating, so you have to keep doing moves even though yeah. you know you can win.
1: Yeah.
0: Because we also get the oh go school pin. Go like, school but like three times in this match. Boop, 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 boop. David hits shit chops, so Watts just goes, no, fuck you, and just <laughs> takes control and beats him down. David is shit, but that's the story.
1: <laughs> I said somehow David is still going to win, even though he's being beat down, and Eric Watts is significantly better than him. I'm like, David's still going to win this somehow. Yeah,
0: David is at basically no offense, but Rick distracts the ref, and Arn comes in, hits the spine buster, and David Flair gets the pin. Yeah. Which, like, the spine buster is devastating, because it was the only move...
1: I'm tired of this angle. I'm tired of David Flair. I'm tired of the Flares. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. Honestly, I'm tired.
0: I don't even know what the end game for this.
1: Yeah, where are they trying to go with David?
0: You know what it is. They're gonna they're gonna build him up, and he's gonna beat Roman Reigns for the Universal oh my Title. God. But I don't know what you do with David Flair at this point. It's like all you can do is Rick going, "Oh yeah, you were shit the whole time." Yeah. Or he actually gets good, which doesn't happen. We know
1: that doesn't happen.
0: So. We'll we'll see how long it takes to get to our destination. That was was, just such a slog to get
1: through that match. Like, thank God we didn't draw it out in our conversation here, but it was just it was so long.
0: No, but Eric Watts actually looked decent here.
1: I mean, yeah, he was
0: fine. Eric Watts looked better than Van Hammer did earlier. Fair. And I feel like that's a almost comparable. That is fair. We then get a great American Bash ad talking about freedom and
1: This was a weird ad. Yeah. It's just I'm an American like a whole bunch of different people from different denominations and different like parts of the country i'm like i'm an american like this is some propaganda bullshit what the fuck is this i didn't like it
0: and this is like pre-freedom fries era so
1: freedom <laughs> fries wait when was when was freedom fries it was
0: like r- right after 9-11 just like oh no no, no everything's america and how great we oh,
1: are. oh yes yes
0: we go from that to a clip of Randy Savage putting the lipstick on Kevin Nash from last week.
1: Because we're going to keep showing that clip over and over and over again. Apparently,
0: it's the entire basis for this story.
1: Yeah.
0: Backstage, Buff Bagwell chats with Ric Flair. He's I want to match with Randy Savage. We actually didn't notice this when we were watching, and I want to point it out now. Because I did the edit for the last episode recently. Buff wrestled on Thunder, and like Randy Savage like tried to fucking re-break his neck. Oh, shit. I mean, kind of. It was like the targeting the neck kind of move. Yeah. However, do you remember the last time we saw Buff? It was on the previous week, but do you remember what happened with him? No. He got pile-drived on the exposed concrete at ringside.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. They
0: just brushed that shit
1: off. Oh. I'm like... Yeah, I remember us talking about that. Like, that was dangerous. I'm
0: like, oh, I imagine they're writing him off for a few weeks.
1: Fucking he's on Thunder. Yeah, yikes.
0: Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, he wants to match with Savage, and Flair's like... No, Savage will kill you. You're not in his league.
1: I kind of did like semi-respect Ric Flair in this. It's like, yeah, I'm the man. I could make that happen, but I won't because you're not in his league. Like, that's responsible. Well, it was
0: also that like if I put that match on, he's just going to win easy and it's going to be a shit match. And, yeah. that, and then that looks bad on me. Yeah. But also he's the president for life. And so it shouldn't matter.
1: For, 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 for life.
0: So instead, Arn is like, go a plan B. And apparently plan B is it's going to be Buff Bagwell versus beautiful Bobby Eaton.
1: Now, tell me, Nick, is Bobby Buff?
0: No, he's apparently not.
1: Is he the stuff?
0: Apparently not.
1: Then why are we even having this conversation?
0: So Buff's not thrilled and he's like, "Ah, you put me there with him, I'll I'll hurt Bobby. But they're also like, you know, like he's, you know, like, like, you know, titan of the fucking industry. Like, you know, he's like a, you know, like a gold standard kind of thing,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. which leads to an Odd thing in this segment an odd thing in the match, they do not know how to treat Bobby Eaton.
1: I also could not figure out for the life of me what this man's last name oh, was yeah. until we saw the title card. Bobby Eaton. E-A-T-O-N.
0: Yeah. yeah, so Bobby Eaton, we'll talk about this now as opposed to during the match, is one half of the Midnight Express, like a classic 80s tag team. And, you know, is just that, like, solid hand to have around... That like, kind of fiddly William Regal tier. He actually sure. was tag team partners with William Regal. Oh. Maybe not necessarily like, the character work of a Regal, but like that solid hand can, do, Can you know, just just that like base level of like, if, you know, if you can wrestle, we'll have a fucking great match. Right. If you can't wrestle, we'll you know, I'll, I'll drag you to something that's watchable.
1: Yeah.
0: Here, it seems like they're almost burying him like, oh, you can't fight Randy Savage. Well, you're this fucking shit wrestler. Like, I almost compare it to um, Modern Day, where CM Punk and Eddie Kingston are feuding, and he's like, you want to fight me on pay-per-view? And, uh, maybe you, like, you we, you should be fighting on, like, one of the YouTube shows, like, not even on oh. television kind of thing. Like, that's how it kind of came off. But then, during the match, you're like, no, 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 he's a good competitor. And I'm like, pick one.
1: Right.
0: So, that match will be later. Next up, we're going to go with The Cat and Sonny Ono coming out. <sighs> The cat makes Dave Penzer announce him as the greatest of all time and the godfather of soul. Cat does his usual, I want to fight the crowd promo, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, calls yeah. out Scott Norton. And commentary is like, why? He, he will kill you. And that's pretty much what happens to yeah. start, because Norton comes out and just no-sells the cat strikes and beats him down random split screen of the B team watching backstage. Yeah,
1: that didn't make any sense because the B team wasn't saying anything or doing anything notable. They were just watching and cheering him on.
0: Yeah. Ono then hand Sonny Ono then hands the cat a crowbar and distracts the ref so cat can use it and just gets the quick pin. It's like, oh shit.
1: And then the NWO were just all pissy and they all like march out, but that's No
0: no they don't march out. They're like no, they're like, oh shit. Scott Norton's gonna be pissed. Let's get the fuck out of here because oh, he I will kill Oh, I thought they were going to
1: avenge their friend. And then I was like, they never show up in the rest of the episode. What the hell is that? Well, oh,
0: no. That would have made sense. However, they're like, oh, he's gonna be pissed off. We should get out of here because he's gonna be mad.
1: Good friends.
0: I, uh, God. I, like, I'm, like, torn whether, whether or not to look up when the B-team ends because I do kind of want that cathartic moment of this is it. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want the spoiler. But, right. uh this was nothing they did make scott norton look like a legitimate threat
1: they did but it was still nothing and it was still the cat
0: post-match on commentary eric bischoff tries to put over tank abbott he's like oh he's a he's a bit nuts
1: yeah no kidding
0: but yeah it was like a. they really didn't really say anything about him they talked about him but they didn't say anything
1: yeah they spoke a lot no words were really said
0: They also know that the Nitro Girls do perform during the commercial breaks, which I found good to know, because I remember saying, I'm like, Nitro Girls should be literally during the commercial break kind of thing. Yeah,
1: Like cheerleaders.
0: Oh, boy. We then get Randy Savage's music hitting.
1: What up, Mach?
0: Then we get about four and a half minutes, and then Randy Savage comes (laughs) out.
1: He wanted his whole song to play.
0: And he goes out through the ramp. Women come out from the side again. Just remembered Gordon's George not on crutches this week. No. Savage announces himself the next WCW champion.
1: World heavyweight champion. Same shit. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's different in WWE, so.
0: Yeah, I mean they also occasionally call it the NWO WCW championship, whatever.
1: so no whatever. one knows what the hell's happening.
0: Kevin Nash's music then hits and oh. and a fairly tall dude in lazy drag comes out.
1: Lazy drag.
0: I wrote, I expect nothing, and I'm still disappointed. (laughs) So, yeah, he comes out in kind of half Kevin Nash gear, half high heels and a dress. So he's
1: wearing high heels, a sparkly red ball gown, and the NWL Wolfpack shirt over the dress. So it looks like he's wearing the shirt and a skirt with heels.
0: He did have one element of the garb that made me laugh, and it was the big sexy 99 sash.
1: That was under the shirt. That yes. was revealed later.
0: It was revealed later. But it, it just made me laugh. Like, just in in concept and the fact that someone had to go out and get that printed.
1: And have that made. Can you imagine being the screen printer that made that? Like, what the hell is this for?
0: So they make fun of him and they're like, oh, yeah, Kevin Nash is gay. In some, I, I, I'm not even bothering with the actual verbiage because that's what they were saying. And this is somehow a match, and even commentator is like, oh, the bell rang, I guess. Like, like shit on the referee, like, really? You're going to treat this like a fucking match?
1: Yeah, like, I didn't understand. Like, they called out the ref, and then they, like, rang the bell. And I'm like, no, how I, the hell is this I, a match? Yeah, I
0: agree calling out the ref. Like, no, this isn't a yeah. fucking... Who is this guy? He's not a contracted performer.
1: So, I don't remember what um, Randy Savage said, but I remember really turning on Eric Bischoff in this. Segment. Oh, yeah,
0: we'll get to that, because... Randy Savage does very little during this quote-unquote match because yeah. almost immediately he just, like, grabs the ref by the shoulder. He's like, hey, come over here, brother. We're going to have a little chat.
1: Your line between Hogan and Savage impressions are, is so well, fine. Well,
0: Savage also do, does do the brother thing. I know, not but not like your much.
1: impression is just there is like a little bit of a difference, but it is such a thin line.
0: Yeah, they're not terribly dissimilar. <laughs> I mean, it, it's big, coked up 80s dudes. It's,
1: the difference is the strain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just like grabs her up and just like, hey, eh, come over here and just like don't watch whatever the fuck's happening. And Medusa comes in and hits kicks to Nash. Inqu- I'm just going to call him Nash because I don't have a better name. Fake Nash. Yeah, fake. No, there's a difference between fake Nash and fake Diesel because one of them goes on to become Kane.
1: Call him fake Nash.
0: (laughs) So she hits kicks in the corner and then puts him up on the top rope, and Miss Madness comes in. You know our girl Molly. My girl. Hits a top rope fucking Frankenstein. It looked
1: so good and so crisp and so clean.
0: Yeah, because we glanced over her. She did a move on Thunder as well. I forget what it was. A similar move. Yeah, it was like a a diving drop kick or something. It was some impressive move. Tony and Bobby are like, that's amazing. How can she do that? And Eric Bischoff's like, it's because she's a man.
1: (laughs) I loved the women in this segment. Because all three of the women got some kind of wrestling in. On fake Nash. Molly obviously was the most impressive, but each of those women got a move on him.
0: Yeah. Medusa's kicks were real shit. Yes. And uh, George then comes in and hits a real terrible looking elbow drop from Brett's rope.
1: I love seeing women wrestle. So the fact that these women got any kind of ring time actually wrestling, I am thrilled.
0: Yeah. the um, Oh, during the entirety of this match, I think it's mostly Eric Bischoff. The word transvestite is used very often.
1: Uh, I'm not even sure if that is politically I, correct anymore. So I'm very sorry if that's yeah,
0: I'm, I'm saying that's that's the word they said.
1: I, I don't I don't know the correct terminology, but whatever he said, it was the inc- it was not yeah, it's not what we would say today.
0: I'll put it this way: even if it's the right terminology, the venom behind it made it <laughs> made wrong. it bad. I think he even calls Molly Holly that.
1: He definitely calls Molly a man. I'm not sure if he implies that Molly is transgender. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so but
1: it was just I was I was so disappointed in Eric Bischoff because he was starting to turn in my mind, like very slowly was like <laughs> was he a little bit I mean, you like since he started to in come a new out one last week I probably did but like just very slightly in my mind I'm like okay I'm starting to respect you as more of a director not so much as a character like I can see where your char- where you are going as a person and then this segment happens and I'm like oh cool you're a transphobe.
0: Ugh. George hits that elbow drop and goes to leave the ring, and literally, as she's leaving the ring, Randy Savage is like, oh, yeah, just ref, now you're good to turn around. She's still in the fucking Mm -hmm. ring. I'll harp on this a little bit at the end, but, yeah, some really bad refing.
1: Oh, yeah, didn't one of them do the quote-unquote outlawed
0: move? Well, yeah, so Randy Savage then gets Fake Nash in a powerbomb position, or at least, like, the first half of it, and doesn't, like, do the full lift. And does, like, the whole, like, jackknife, putting the cigarette kind of out thing that Kevin Nash has done on, like, a rare occasion. But, like, it, it's a Kevin Nash taunt. And then releases him from the powerbomb thing and hits a scoop slam. Goes up top and hits the elbow drop, which has been banned.
1: Remember that whole unhinged segment earlier? Yeah, that move was banned. Yeah. There's... But the rep doesn't care, I guess?
0: I don't know. Honestly, you know how you could have solved this? Hmm. Have Gorgeous George be be the ref. Mm, Yeah, screwy ref. No, no, not even screwy ref. It's not even a real match. It's just George. They have this whole performance because then it's not a real WCW official calling this match. That like, why is it even happening? Just have it be self-indulgent, you know? True. And that way, oh, he did the elbow drop, but it wasn't during an actual match. Because technically, they even say it's banned when George does it.
1: Yeah, they, they mention it. That's like the quote unquote, they say that they call it the outlawed move.
0: Yeah, so Savage gets the pin and they pose with the fake WCW title that fake Nash came out with. We didn't even mention that when it came out. Oh
1: yeah, he has a fake title.
0: Yeah, this was this was a cringy segment. And honestly, <laughs> among a lot of the things that upset me about it, the officiating was up there. Because <laughs> I'm like, how are you just going to have a chat with Randy Savage for five fucking minutes? Turn around and call the match.
1: Just like, so man, how's your day going? What are your plans for after the show? You want to go grab a drink? You want to like, there's an Applebee's across the street. You want to go like yeah, two but for 20?
0: Th- this did not make me want to see Savage versus National.
1: No. I feel like I've already seen it. I'm over it.
0: And you, I haven't, haven't seen it seen yet. It.
1: I feel like I've seen it, but I haven't.
0: We didn't get the Nitro girls trying a new dance. Ooh, and you can boy. tell it's a new dance.
1: So our favorite Nitro girl is Spice. And she's great. She is very on point. She she's is spicy. she's spicy. I'm pretty sure she's the choreographer because she seems to be the only person in that ring that feels confident in the choreography. Yeah, everyone else is just kind of like marking it and like trying to go with the flow and like trying to match and keep up, but they don't. It's sloppy. But Spice looks great.
0: Yeah. Go from that to clips from Thunder of Savage trying to injure Buff Bagwell's neck, which leads into Buff Bagwell versus Bobby Eaton. And
1: they mentioned this is Bobby Eden's return to television.
0: Yeah, because even during the thing, it's like, is Bobby even still with the company? It's like, yeah. yeah. And um did you notice the main focus during Buff Bagwell's entrance from commentary? No. Fucking Jesse Ventura. He's an asshole. He's a he's he's oh yeah, he's right to be in politics because he's a fucking liar. Oh, that I hate yes. him. I was like
1: what the they fuck? They were just ripping on him for no reason. He's not here. He's not part of this. Like, no. why are we why are we ripping on Jesse Ventura now?
0: I I, I don't. Like, I don't
1: know his politics. Maybe he does suck. But like, why are we doing this right now?
0: I think at this point he is governor of Minnesota. So yeah, because he comes into SummerSlam 99 as governor and he's special ref at that event. So
1: cheers, governor.
0: I don't know why the venom suddenly happened. Because also Canyon just came back from filming like a TV movie about like the life Either about the life of Jesse Ventura or the movie was co-starring Jesse Ventura. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, what the... I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I did catch that. I thought you were talking about like the camera's focus. I thought they were like zooming in on a woman or something.
0: No, there's... <sighs> Do you have any notes for this match? Uh,
1: not really. Yeah. I said uh, my mind is wandering during this match.
0: Uh, Buff wins with a Brett- Brett's Rope blockbuster. Gets the pin.
1: He is buff. He is the stuff. This was
0: nothing. Never forget. He is the stuff. Honestly, (laughs) I actually, um, I will say nothing about this match and I will wish Buff the best through dealing with the loss of his mother, Judy Bagwell. Because that recently (gasps) happened. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: As much as we shit on Buff and Judy as well. No, I... That's not fair. Yeah. You know,
0: I I think Buff is, is not a good performer, but you know, I don't wish ill on the man himself.
1: No. Yeah, I forgot that that happened. Yeah, so, that was a bummer.
0: Uh, well, we have not we.
1: It's fun to shit on the characters. It's not fun to shit on the people.
0: Yeah, we we will we will see Judy Bagwell on this podcast again, and we will see her in her peak form. Really? Yeah.
1: I'd like to believe this isn't her peak form. As a person on this planet, I'd like to believe this is not her peak. Listen, I
0: <laughs> when I heard the news, I was at work. I did immediately hop on the forklift to do some work out of respect. I don't get that. You will, oh, you will. Oh no! So after the buff match, they just replay the beginning of the show. I wrote clip package from that, but no, it was literally just in full that entire scene. Oh, the
1: parking lot, bra- um, the parking lot brawl.
0: Yeah, of then taking out Raven. Yeah, because up next is our tag team title match. Originally it would have been Perry Saturn and Raven versus DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow. then advertised as Perry Saturn and Canyon. And just Perry Saturn comes out, grabs a mic, and he's like, you know what? It'll be a handicap match.
1: This is where we find out that Canyon has been hospitalized.
0: Yes. But both partners have been hospitalized. Yes. Which I do think it was weird that Canyon would have been able to defend the title. I'm all in favor of the Freebird rule, but it just didn't feel connected enough to the group. Like, you've not wrestled a match with either of them? No,
1: but he's kind of, like, been there ringside with them.
0: Wow, I it just occurred to me that Saturn was only Raven's partner because Canyon wasn't there because he was off filming the movie. Oh. He literally subbed in. I think it was actually at the uh, spring breakout episode. Oh. I just realized, like, oh yeah, that's... They so don't... there
1: is connection. I
0: wish they addressed that on commentary because I shouldn't have to randomly remember that.
1: No, you're supposed to remember every little detail.
0: So Saturn agrees for this to be a handicap match. And on commentary, like, yep, it's still a title match. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. That doesn't
1: seem fair or right. Well, th-
0: the heels then come out and DDP grabs a mic like, I'm just double checking because this is so fucking stupid. Yeah. You're going to put the title on the line? <laughs> okay, idiot. That's yeah. fine. I'll fucking take that. So, yeah. What the fuck?
1: Like, it was nice of DDP to double check that, but also I kind of agree with him. Oh yeah. In, in sense, in a sense. Like I agree. Like, yeah, don't fucking do this. That's dumb. That's a terrible idea.
0: So start of the match on commentary, Eric Bischoff just lies and is like, yeah, Hulk Hogan cares more about the industry than himself.
1: Bullshit.
0: Baby and Bigelow overpowers Perry Saturn to start, with Saturn uses his speed to turn things around, hits an overhead belly to belly on DDP, then clears the ring going into the commercial break. Back from it, the two beat down Saturn and jaw with the crowd. We then get a sit out powerbomb from DDP, but it only gets a two. He tags in Bigelow, and we get a headbutt to the groin as DDP distracts the ref.
1: Did you hear a fat boy chant at this point?
0: No, I missed Maybe it. Maybe it wasn't
1: at this point. Maybe it was a little bit later. I missed yeah. it entirely. I couldn't tell who they were chanting it at. I think it was Bam Bam, but... I
0: would assume so. Yeah. I love Bam Bam, but out of the three men, um, yeah. spades a spade there. Bam Bam Bigelow then holds Saturn up and DDP hits a diving clothesline onto Saturn and just hits it. It There was no ducking. It was like, oh shit, I was so ready for it. Bam Bam Bigelow misses a diving headbutt and Saturn starts his comeback, including countering a diamond cutter and pushes DDP into Bam Bam Bigelow on the ropes. They win get a Death Valley driver to DDP. With a weird kickout, like it is literally at like two point nine nine. Yeah,
1: that was but it, close. But it
0: really felt like Bam Bam Bigelow was supposed to break it up and didn't get there.
1: Yeah, you said that after I after I audibly reacted. You're like, I think Bam Bam just botched. just botched, and I'm like really, I think that was just DDP being really timely. No,
0: I mean, it's Perry Saturn's finisher. It makes sense to. To like, break it
1: up. Yeah, don't kick out of in it. The,
0: you know, in the story of this match. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. He had the win. No, yeah. no, he didn't because he kicked out. So there's there's no drama there.
1: No, you're right. You're right.
0: Well, then Saturn goes for a Death Valley driver onto Bam Bam Bigelow and um, he kind of hits it.
1: Yeah, that was the only like low point of like up to this point for this match for me. It was like, I, I don't really, I don't know what you were going for. Like, what did you think was going to happen there? Like, that was sloppy.
0: I mean, it was a good attempt, and he got most of the way there. It just looked
1: not enough. It just
0: looked a little scary. So all three men are down, and then Canyon suddenly shows up and like runs to the apron and calls for the tag, which he gets, and he's all fired up. And DDP just hits a discus right hand to Canyon, knocks him out, and gets the pin
1: immediately. pins Canyon. I was so I was disappointed for Perry.
0: So there's new tag team champions, DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow. Commentary is like, I mean, if he came from the hospital, he probably should have been a part of this match.
1: And he was wearing like medical bracelets and stuff. So it does look like he was at the hospital. Oh, like, I missed broke that. So. Yeah, he had the bracelets on. Good eye.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting story of, you know, Saturn was getting worked over, but he, you know, he was he in a good spot so... right at the end. Harry the Saturn
1: looks so strong and so good in this match. I was very impressed by
0: him. It was interesting that it was a like a discus right hand and not the diamond cutter that pinned him. Mm. The finish felt weird, like it was setting something up for after the match and nothing happened. So I'm kind of curious what happens with this going forward because I think like it can go a lot of different directions.
1: I mean, this by far was the best match for me at this point.
0: Yes. I mean, I think, I mean, yes. I'm not
1: sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think that's a stretch. This is the best match of the show.
0: I am intrigued at DDP and Bam Bam Megla holding the tag team titles. Also, Bam Bam does look more motivated now. I think he's very happy to be out of the t- yeah. hardcore division.
1: I noticed that too. There's a little bit more life in his face. He doesn't seem to be like just going through the motions and counting down the minutes until he's done for the day.
0: So we'll see what happens with that story going forward. I'm intrigued. They've actually been doing a pretty good job yeah. with with the tag team titles of, like, I've, I've been into what's been going on with them through the last several pay-per-views. Yeah. We then go backstage. Randy Savage and the girls get into a town car, and they're suddenly blocked in by, like, work trucks, including a septic truck.
1: Did you see the segment on WWF with the cement truck? What if we did that here? <laughs>
0: Well, what if we did that and merged it with the beer truck section? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Did you see the cement truck? Did you also see the beer truck? What if we did both? Now we're better than WWF.
0: Which is even weird because they're blocked in from, like, driving out. They didn't pin the doors or anything.
1: No, they don't even try to get out of the freaking car. So
0: Kevin Nash gets out of the septic truck and then gets on the roof of the town car and literally just, like, peels the fucking sunroof off like it's Which fucking I don't
1: think that's how sunroofs work. Granted I've never tried. It's it's like but
0: You don't even like open like a bottle of milk or like orange like orange juice and there's like that like, you know, like tab you gotta pull. Yeah. It. That's what he fucking did with the sunroof.
1: Like honestly your your car has a sunroof. I have never tried to get on top of your car and just peel the the roof off. There's no way of knowing that it's not that easy.
0: <laughs> I just have a feeling <laughs> So, he then has a hose with him and sticks the hose into the open sunroof and sprays all of Team Madness with shit.
1: It's like shit water. Yeah. Septic. Yeah, so it's the cement truck plus the beer truck, but nastier.
0: Yeah, it goes for a little while. Nash then, like, sprints back into the truck and they, like, peel out, dragging the hose. They didn't even, like, put it back. Kind of a heel move there, it felt like. You know, just like, oh, we just run away. So, Team Magnus then gets out of the car. They actually don't look too much worse for wear, minus Gorgeous George.
1: Gorgeous George got the brunt
0: of it, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, so there was a camera inside the car, so I'm wondering if this was, like, multiple takes or something. Probably. Yeah, so they all get out of the car and gag...
1: So I just realized that I you said that this was a heel move of Nash running away and I just realized that he's supposed to be the face in this. Oh yeah yeah. So when I said, "Yeah," I was like, "Yeah, he's a heel." No, he's the face. No, he's supposed to be the damn face. But
0: just like running away like a coward. I'm no, like,
1: but the heel facing doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah,
0: it's like when Austin the Beer Truck, you know what Austin did, he got on top of the truck and just fucking just caught beers, beers and drank yeah. them. Yeah. There was a cute end to the segment. Because there is the, you know, Promotional consideration, you know, for this show, provided by. This
1: portion of the broadcast brought to you by Louis Septic Services for all your savage needs.
0: And it was voiced by Kevin Nash too. It was, it was yeah. great. It was a cute little moment there. Like, all right, yeah.
1: I didn't. I didn't mark it as my best bit, but that was. Really it al- good. it
0: almost saved the segment. Almost. I,
1: I don't know. I liked it a lot.
0: Was it Was it worth this segment before? No. Exactly,
1: if it was more unique, I mean, if they didn't literally copy and paste from wWF this segment, maybe I'd give it something. but it's so copy and paste.
0: I'm actually trying to think if when they opened the door did like because hypothetically he he filled enough to Supposedly, where the, yeah. there should have been you know a bit of flooding. I don't think when I they opened the door, so. anything really happened. I don't think so. So we're almost at the end here. We get DJ Ran hyping up the crowd and tells him to drop the cage, which it very slowly lowers.
1: Ah, so you did note what he said. You said you didn't take any note of what DJ Ran said this whole time. Liar.
0: There is a lid on the cage, which I found a little interesting.
1: It, it did feel low.
0: It, oh, it, it, it is low. <laughs> it is like War Games height, which, I, games. I'm, which I imagine this is the... Lily Cage from that we then get a clip from last week of the monster truck again just in case we have any final notes on that
1: (laughs) in case you forgot yeah there's a monster truck
0: yeah Lex Luger not here tonight
1: no yeah there were a lot of people not here tonight um we didn't see Scott Steiner either
0: no that was a little interesting I said I'm guessing he's injured I was saying that last week
1: yeah but last week he was still ringside
0: We then get Tank Abbott coming out to be the special guest ref. I did not note it earlier. Apparently, Tank Abbott has been signed to a three-year contract.
1: (laughs) That's unfortunate.
0: (laughs) For everyone involved. We get our main event of the night, Rick Steiner versus Sting in a cage for the U.S. title. Rick Steiner comes back out to his Welcome to the Rainforest Cafe theme. Because he came out to the Wolfpack theme the week before. Hmm. But Scott was with him, so...
1: Yeah, I, th- I thought they were doing that as, like, we're coming out to Scott's music. But for some reason, even Rick though Rick was Rick's yeah. wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I, I, know, know. I think I noted that when well, we were talking were about talking, it.
0: Well, they were talking, like... They were also saying last week, they are like, oh, Rick might be part of the Wolfpack now. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. But Emily's part of the Wolfpack.
1: I have worn that shirt to the gym, like, seven times. Not even lying. That became my gym shirt.
0: So, I don't know about you, but going into this match, something just felt too simple about Tank Abbott being the special guest ref and I'm like he's somehow going to be aligned with Rick Steiner.
1: I did think that the the cage itself looked real janky too.
0: Yeah, that might just be
1: No, I know it had nothing to do with Tank Abbott, but it's just like a lot of things like didn't feel right about this cage match. I usually love a cage match. Well, the
0: door was in a weird spot too. Yeah, exactly. Like they had to walk up the steps and like really like half shimmy over to like get into the fucking ring.
1: It just wasn't quite right for a cage match. Yeah,
0: and like the lid was real low Mm -hmm. and like the truss was even lower. At one point, Sting uses, literally like grabs the truss and like uses it as like an assisted dropkick kind of thing, which is a nice spot, but like, kind of tells you how low it is they can just kind of jump up and grab it and yeah yeah
1: it was cool though. i I wish he had done it more he did it the one time i wanted him to do it again
0: yeah i've seen him do spots like that before so i don't really know to tell you there low blow to sting and rick throws right hands sting splashes rick into the cage wall once goes for it again and rick ducks causing sting to crash into the cage This is a very slow, uninteresting match.
1: Like I said, I love cage matches, usually. Oh my god, this was so boring.
0: Yeah, this is among the most boring matches we've watched, I'd say.
1: It's just horribly uninteresting. There's nothing keeping my attention.
0: Rick goes for the pin, and Tank Abbott just doesn't count? Like, I don't... Like, I legitimately...
1: That's what was killing me. There was no, like, build to this match. Like, there was no, like... Ooh, what's Tank gonna do? And then it was horribly boring, and then there was finally a pin happening, and nobody was doing anything to end this damn match.
0: I'm going and and weirdly enough, Sting like, didn't kick out at like two or anything, no. even yeah, like, like you know, metaphorical two. Just like, I'm literally unsure of was that meant to be story, or does Tank Abbott not know how wrestling works yet?
1: I really don't know, it could be either.
0: Sting then hits a low blow to virtually no reaction hits a yeah. drop kick and then has to give a woo to like wake people up and even, Me com- included. Well, even commentary just seems to kind of be like uh, you know no, match no, is, happening. is happening they jockey for position but it just ends with Sting hitting a back elbow he then goes for a stinger splash in the corner but Tank Abbott pulls Rick Steiner out of the way and then blindsides Sting Rick Steiner then tapes Sting to the ropes and works him over and Tank Abbott just leaves. and
1: Just walks up the he, ramp. Yeah,
0: he stands near the ring for a minute and then walks away and Nitro just ends. What the fuck?
1: It was a terrible match with a whimper of an ending.
0: It didn't have an ending.
1: And I, I like, turned to you and I asked you, like, if you were in the audience for this... How do they end a match like this?
0: Yeah, my guess is somebody comes out for the dark segment to like make a save, but like, I don't even know. Holy
1: shit, that was a bad match.
0: Yeah, that really like it wasn't a great episode of Nitro, but
1: that really just like solidified. Yeah,
0: that really put a damper on Oof. any kind of silver lining. I'd say thoughts on the match, but it, oh, well, I don't really yeah. need to. It's Th- funny thoughts because on, thoughts on Tank Abbott. I have none. I'm not excited to see him be in no, my television. I have
1: no thoughts on that man. He is nothing to me. But it's just it's interesting because when we do these episodes, if we are watching the show and we are struggling to find a best bit, like throughout as we're watching, we're like, there will probably be something in the main event. We'll probably end up saying that the main event was the best match. That can't be said for this episode. If no. either of us picked that, I think we would turn the podcast off for a minute and be like, Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> Or do it on air. Why not? No,
0: I, gotta, I gotta change my best bit.
1: <laughs> oh, please. I think we I think we have the same best bit. I don't think so. No?
0: No. Based on the conversation today, I don't think we do.
1: Oh, I think we have the same MVP, not best bit.
0: Yeah, this was overall a, a continuing to not be a great episode of Nitro, and this actually did have several bad bits. Yes. Like, last week was just generally... Eh. This is this like. This was bad. Yeah, the Randy Savage fake Kevin Nash, the main event, uh, just. Last week ha- was we, we had like three matches that felt identical in in the Van Hammer match, the David Flair Eric Watts yeah. match, and then the Scott Norton Cat match. Yeah, like it's the same. It's the same match. More or less, yeah. Like,
1: last week's episode was boring. This week's episode was boring and bad.
0: So we've been going for a little while. I don't know how we reflect in the edit. But let's go to best bit and MVP. Emily, what is your best bit?
1: So I was just so excited to see this finally happen. I'm giving it to Molly Holly finally hitting a wrestling move. Molly Holly's Frankensteiner is my best bit.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I stand by it after talking about this episode. Yeah. What's yours?
0: I gave mine to the Horseman breakup segment pre-Rick Flair and Roddy Piper brawl. Okay. I did like it, and I, it's telling an interesting story, and it's telling a logical story. This
1: is the D. Malenko in the ring? Yes. Okay, yeah, I, I see this.
0: So, that's mine. I, I'll again, take Again, pre-random, brawl. overly long yeah. brawl. What do we got for MVP?
1: Oh, I gave it to Perry Saturn, hands down. Okay. I
0: I think both of us have to give an honorable mention to the handicap match. Yeah. Like, or the first 99% of the handicap match.
1: I, I Perry Saturn was so impressive to me, and he held his own, and he looked good. Canyon ruined it, but it was a good it, it was a good showing from Perry, and I hands down my MVP. I'll
0: give him an honorable mention. Who's yours. I'm actually I'm doubling down on my best bit segment. I'm giving it to Dean Mlanca.
1: Did you give to Dean Mlanca last week? No,
0: you did. I gave it ah. to Kidman, and you were like, "What the
1: fuck? Kidman? Who are we?"
0: <laughs> yeah. Real Bizarro World last week, where you give yours to Dean like I'll give mine to Kidman. <laughs> yeah, I think Dean, it's it's his story.
1: Listen, he made it to the ring from the PTA meeting this time. He had time to get in the ring and do something.
0: I mean, he didn't even wrestle. He wasn't even part of the brawl. He no. just had time to talk. He talked. But this is Dean's story. Ric Flair is involved in a lot of shit. Yeah. And Dean is getting me excited for his story. Okay. I am worried it's not going to go anywhere because I know this man leaves in January because he's underutilized, so I'm like, shit. But you know what? I don't know that it goes to nothing. There's hope. So you're saying there's a chance.
1: There might be some kind of chance.
0: And there's a very strong chance you'll see us next time when we review the June 7th, 1999 Monday Nitro it's the go home before Great American Bash. We have two matches.
1: I'm assuming that tag match that we saw tonight Fair. is happening. Like, I. Yeah.
0: And we'll have to uh, figure out what's going to happen on the road to the Great American Bash, which will be the episode after that. Ooh, Until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod, and also find us on Facebook, Butts in the Seats Podcast. S- additionally, subscribe to us on. S-
1: you can rattle them off. You can do this.
0: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Stitcher. Proud of you. Any closing thoughts?
1: I'm tired. Like, mentally, physically, emotionally, after talking about this again. Yeah,
0: I really wish we had an Owen Hart match to uh, review know. at the start Last of this. Last week really
1: helped with that. I
0: we started doing that. Just like a random, unrelated <laughs> Good match. Good match. Just like, get in the mood.
1: Palette cleanser.
0: Well... Until next time where hopefully it'll be a better nitro. I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts and Seats podcast.